Hello, and welcome to the Revive Church Podcast with Pastor Todd Mozingo. I'm your host, Paul Garner. Thank you for listening today. Jesus recognized the times and the necessity that he must go to Jerusalem. He knew his destiny. He was determined. Anything that gets in his way on his journey was a distraction. The enemy is always seeking to distract Jesus and distract us from accomplishing God's purposes. It is important to stay focused. Are we operating in a spirit of distraction that leads us away from God's plans for us? Do we recognize the schemes of distraction from the enemy? Do we see God's plans and determine to follow through on those? Pastor Todd leads us to focus on what God has for us and for His kingdom. You ready to get into it? Be sure to listen to the end for some important information. Today, I want to talk about a scripture that sometimes we read, and at face value, it says one thing, but when you go back and dig into that scripture, you realize he's talking about something completely different. And I'm going to look today at Luke chapter 9, 58, Luke 9, 58, and Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have, uh, of the air have nests but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Does that not seem like a whiny statement? Does it not seem like Jesus is saying, well, even the fox has a place to sleep and even a bird has a place to go, but I don't have any place to go. You would read that and you think, what is he doing? And so then you hear these sermons about how Jesus would sacrifice it all for the cause and we should be willing to be homeless for the kingdom and and, and we'll have times of sorrow, but just press on to the high calling like Jesus did. Even it was tough, he just kept going. Yeah, we could easily take an opportunity that it's okay to whine about our problems because even Jesus did when he didn't have a place to rest. The problem is you'd be pretty much 100% wrong in your interpretation of that scripture. That's not what he's doing at all. As a matter of fact, you're going to find out that he's doing the exact opposite He's not saying that he's sorrowful and sad that he doesn't have any place when everybody else is provided for. He's doing something completely different. Why? Because context is king. I got to go find out what the context of the conversation was to be able to understand that statement. So we're going to go into Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 51. When the days were approaching for his, Jesus's, for his ascension, listen, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. Let me say that again. He was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of them, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. They're going ahead to make arrangements for him to have a place to stay. But they, the Samaritans, did not receive him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem. The Samaritans did not receive Jesus because he was traveling toward Jerusalem, but he was determined to go to Jerusalem. 54, when his disciple James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Good stuff. But he turned and he rebuked him and said, you don't know what kind of spirit you are of. The Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went on to another village, 57. 
As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And he, Jesus said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. And then he said to him, allow the dead to bury the dead, their own dead. But as for you, go, proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. And another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. And Jesus said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So now we have the context of what was going on when he said he had no place to lay his head. And to understand what he meant, the key was in verse 51. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. If you don't understand what's in his mind, I must go to Jerusalem. I will be crucified there and I will ascend to the Father to make atonement for all of man. Jesus recognized the times and what his goals were. He recognized that it was time to go back to the throne of heaven. He recognized that he had to be crucified in Jerusalem. He had to recognize that the goal was, I have to be crucified, resurrected, and ascend. He knew where he was going, and he knew what it took to get there. So everything from this point forward is in reference to his need to get to Jerusalem. He was determined to get through to Jerusalem. That's what's on his mind. So anything that gets in the way of him getting to Jerusalem is a distraction. It's a distraction. So let's look at some of those distractions. The first one was in 52. He sent messengers ahead of them, and they went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for it, but they didn't receive him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem. That seems harsh, doesn't it? Because you're going to that town, we won't give you a place to sleep in our town. What's going on there? The Samaritans' number one issue with the Jews was that the Samaritans believed you worship at Mount Gerizim, where they were, and Jesus was going to Jerusalem to worship where they did not believe you should worship. So they were like, you don't worship our God because you worship in the wrong place, so we don't even want you in our town. If you're going to Jerusalem, then you reject what we believe. You reject that Gerizim is the place, and so you should just move on. Do you remember when Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well in John 4? In John 4, 21, he said to her, woman, you believe, uh, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain, he's in Gerizim, nor in Jerusalem, Will you worship the Father? You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when a true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers, because God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. What's he doing? He's talking to a Samaritan who believes they should be worshiping at Mount Gerizim. Why Mount Gerizim? Because Mount Gerizim and Ebal are side by side in Israel. And when the Israelites came in, God had them stand between and pronounce blessings for Gerizim and curses from Ebal so they considered Gerizim to be a blessed place. So they wanted to worship there but Jesus said hey it's not going to matter Gerizim or Jerusalem because God's spirit you're going to worship him in spirit and the location is not going to matter. You see sometimes even worship becomes a distraction because we can get fickle about our worship 
Ever had someone tell you they don't go to that church because they don't like the worship there? I always find that an interesting statement because I thought that worship was something I individually did to God. So they're actually saying, I don't like how I worship there. They're saying that it's someone else's responsibility how I worship and I can't worship there. Interesting. Let's keep going. 54. Sorry, stepping on toes. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? First of all, let me just say, what a gutsy statement by James and John. What's really unique about it was that James and John must have felt empowered that that was within their possibility. Uh, let, let me just call down fire and consume them, God. Is that good? Is that okay, Jesus? You ever meet someone who will say the craziest things for God? Yeah, we should just kick them out of the church. Sinners, well, they got no business here. Well, where else would you want them to be? (laughs) Yeah, I want you to come here, but when you come here, I want you to act like me, not like you. Ouch. Sometimes the people we are with get us distracted. Why? Because they lose sight of the purpose of us being here. We got to stay focused. We got to stay focused. So Jesus turns to them in 55 and he rebukes them and says, you don't know what kind of spirit you're of. For the son of man didn't come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went on to another village. Listen, sometimes our zeal gets used by the enemy. Mm. Sometimes our desire, it's like a holy discontent within us that we have to do something for God, so anything I do for God should be a good thing, right? No. No. What God guides you to do, you do. What you do on your own is out of the flesh, and the flesh and the spirit fight. So Jesus says, you know what? There's an evil spirit working in you for having said that. Because the truth is, sometimes the enemy oppresses the believer to try to accomplish something for the enemy. Evil spirits love to distract leaders, which you are, from your mission. Stay focused. Stay focused. Listen, here's how you know when your heart is right. What is more important to me, condemnation or restoration? condemnation, I need to point out that they're doing something wrong, or restoration, I need to get them to the Father. We need to work on that restoration with God. Because Jesus would rather they say, hey, Jesus, they don't want them here? Well, God bless them. Let's go on to the next town. Our baseline is that our motivation is everything to be done in love. It was Jonah's problem. Jonah said, I don't want to go to Nineveh. Why? Because I know you'll relent and you won't punish them. So I'm going to go the other way. And God just said, well, you're going to go. You're going to take a little vacation before you go. Going to be in a whale of a place. Yeah. Listen to me. If your goal is condemnation, get ready to be put in timeout. There are sometimes people around us that are working in the wrong spirit. And I'm not saying they're bad people. This is James and John. They're apostles. They're not bad people. They're just working in the wrong spirit. 
spirit. They're not working in the same spirit in the environment that they are in. They have different motives. They have different motivations. They have different goals. They're in different time. There's a distraction that's going on and they, um, they are a distraction to the goal. Hear me out. When some people are working in a different spirit, here's what you do. If God is in it, it will succeed. If God is not, don't worry about it. You don't have to fix it unless he tells you to fix it. But are you letting the spirit of distraction distract you? If you ever wonder if you're in the wrong spirit, the question is, where is the leadership going that God put me under? Ooh, it gets so sticky when you talk about this kind of stuff. We seek unity. We seek fruit. We seek encouragement. We seek the spirit. And when we're going in the same direction, we all make progress. See, leaders keep moving. He moved on to another village, it says in verse 56. He didn't stay and wait and say, well, I guess we're going to have to change our goal because they don't want to have us here in the town. So maybe we should go in and talk to them and talk a little about Gerizim and Jerusalem. Maybe we could find a way to compromise with it. He just said, no, if you don't want me here, that's fine. I'll just go on. Why? Because he knew his goal was I must get to Jerusalem. Keep reading. As they were going down the road, someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. You ever had someone really express their devotion to you? Man, whatever you're doing, I'm with you. I just want to go with you. This is just awesome. Go. Do you ever wonder if Jesus knew if that person would actually follow him wherever he went? Ever wonder if Jesus knows how fickle we can be? Well, let me clear it. Yes, he does. Jesus knows how fickle we can be, and he knows that he is on a mission, and not everyone will make it there with him. So Jesus responds this way. He says to him, hey, foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of God, Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. I want you to consider this rephrase of what Jesus said. He was saying, I don't have time to worry about where I'm going to sleep. I've got to get to Jerusalem. My life is currently on the move, and I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm headed to Jerusalem, and I don't care if they'll let me sleep in their town or not. I've just got to go on. Everybody else can stop and rest, but I've got to get to my goal. So when he says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, what he's saying is, you can rest, but i got to move on. i got to keep going. And watch what he does next. See, uh, see why Jesus does what he does next and how it fits together with what he just said. In 59, immediately after saying, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but I got nowhere to sleep, he says to someone, follow me. Why would that be the next topic? He says, follow me. Just after the person says, I will follow you anywhere, Jesus says, I don't have a place to rest. Then ask another person, follow me. And we look at that person's response. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go bury my father. In other words, let me take care of myself first, and then I will follow you because my goal of getting to Jerusalem is not as important as your goal of getting to Jerusalem. 
And he said to him, allow the dead to bury the dead, but as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. I don't know if you feel it, but there's a sense of urgency in Jesus. He knows what's coming for him in Jerusalem. He knows what he has to accomplish, and someone is saying, hey, I'll follow you anywhere, but I got to go back and bury the dead. He's not being mean. He says, look, if you got to go bury the dead, go bury the dead, but what I would rather you do is go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So another says to him, I'll follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. So now we say we have people who say they want to follow, and sometimes the heart is willing, but the flesh is weak, and sometimes you figure it out that it's easier said than done, and Jesus is looking for someone who is committed to what he is committed to. So which is more important, their goals or Jesus's goals? Jesus knows what the important goal is, so he's saying, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. And he's not whining here. He's pointing out that you're not ready to stay focused to these people. I'm ready to go to Jerusalem. You want to go do this and then go do this, and then you'll join me. He's saying, no, no, no. My goal is to go there now. I'm staying focused on that. Jesus is saying, you say you want to follow, but I'm not going backwards. I'm going forward. I don't have time for a nap. I am focused. Let the foxes and the birds sleep, but not me. Then he puts the icing on the cake in 62. Jesus says, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and then looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. That's a harsh statement, isn't it? I mean, did that kind of bother you that once you got to accept Christ, it has to be Christ, 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 and I can't look back? What's he saying? If you're plowing, you're plowing. If you're plowing, you don't need to worry about those who won't help you plow. If you're plowing, you don't need to worry about self-righteous people. If you're plowing, you don't need to spend time with those who won't plow with you. If you're plowing, you don't plow what's behind you. If you're plowing, the ground you need to cover is in front of you. If you are plowing, you will never reach your goal if you let things stop you. If you are plowing, then plow. Stay focused. Stay focused on where he's taking you. One of my favorite statements, just heard it a couple years ago. I think I've used it 12,000 times. Winston Churchill saying, you will never reach your destiny if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. That's a focus statement. That's a recognition that the enemy will put people in your path to distract you. What he's saying, Jesus is saying is, let the foxes sleep in their hole. Let the birds have their nest. I got no time to sleep. I'm headed to Jerusalem. And conversely, if you put your hand to the plow and you are plowing, then you are fit for the kingdom of God. Don't miss that because the opposite is true. Who's fit for the kingdom of God? Those who are focused on the goal. Those who are focused on accomplishing the plowing. Those who are focused on not getting distracted. Why are we teaching this today? What's the point in talking about this? Because I'm just telling you the enemy right now in this place is set to try to get us distracted. You see it in your lives. I'm seeing it in my lives. There are some very common distractions when it comes to the enemy in times when we need to be plowing. 
Isn't it interesting that now all of a sudden there's marital strife coming up? It's happening now that there's financial strains going on with people. It's happening now that pornography is rampant. It's happening now that health problems are coming out. It's happening now that employment problems are coming around. And it's happening now that you're getting into a fence with your friends. It's happening now that there are dissensions and disagreements. It's happening now that there's gossip and lies. It's happening now. I don't I don't know if you can see how the devil is at work to tear things down because he knows a victory is coming. He wants us to stop plowing. Now, I don't know who this is for, but there is someone here today that needs to keep plowing. Don't let the distraction overwhelm you. I'm not saying there are problems all around us. I say the enemy is trying to create problems, but we are going to stay focused on plowing. We're going to stay focused on the kingdom of God. We're going to continue to move the ball forward. We're going to get to that promised land, if you will. So what do we do about all this distraction? James 4, 7 and 8. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Clean your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, double-minded. What's he saying? Stay focused. Stay focused. I'm telling every believer in the room, I don't know what's going on in your life, but stay focused on the kingdom of God because the enemy is trying to distract you from where God is taking you. I'm not just talking about a building on 95. I'm talking about your personal walk with God. God is saying, I have a goal for you. I need to get you there. And the enemy is a barking dog all around you. Stop wasting your time playing with the bark dog and get to the goal. Keep going. He was determined. If I just take James 4, submit to God. What are his plans? What are his ways? Resist what the enemy is doing. See the schemes. Oh, it's so important. It's so important in a marriage that you understand it's not the other person. It's the enemy getting in between you. And when both of you recognize that the enemy is getting into your relationship, you will know how to fight. You will fight the right enemy which is Satan and not your spouse. Mm, draw near to God. Listen, this is a time to worship. This is a time to pray. This is a time to get into the word of God. Listen, he has so many opportunities and ways he can speak to you. Don't shut him down to waiting for that dream to come. Get into the word. Get into worship. Get into prayer. Get the junk out of your life. Listen to me, I know this from experience. The enemy uses as a distraction what appeals to me. I don't care if it's self-righteousness, I don't care if it's gossip, I don't care if it's pornography. I don't care if it's financial stress. The enemy is going to pick what he knows appeals to me. And he's going to use that to derail me from the track that we're on. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to see that. And I've got to make sure that stuff doesn't get back into my life. And then it says, get your heart in alignment with him. 
Clean your hands, purify your heart. Don't be double-minded. Focus, 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 focus. For every single one of you here today, focus on what God has for you. Focus on it. Because every time you take your hand off to the plow, you're saying, I'm not fit for your plans for me. That's a tough statement, but it's truth according to the scripture. I have to continue to look at his plan and what's ahead of me and go toward that plan. Why? Because when the plowing is done, the seeds are placed for the great harvest. Seven, eight, seven or eight people got that. Why do I plow? I plow so that a seed can be planted so that a harvest can come. If I don't plow, the seed does not get planted and the harvest does not come. Why is Jesus saying, keep your hand to the plow? Because his word is the seed and the harvest is the soul. And he's saying, if you don't stay focused, that seed's not going to get planted and that harvest isn't going to come. Well, What did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at reviveusnow.com. Now for some very exciting news. Pastor Todd's latest book has just been released. It's called Missing Pieces. Have you ever asked yourself, if the Holy Spirit lives in me, why do I still do the things I don't want to do? Pastor Todd addresses this and many more important questions that most of us have pondered for years. Pastor Todd fills in the missing pieces that we have wondered about, and when those pieces are understood and put in place, the bigger picture becomes more clear. This new book is available now on Amazon. This podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com slash give. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue in Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.